Welcome to Making Metric Easy, presented by Outlaw Technology. I'm Hans Dietrich, and I'm here with Bree Oaxaca, and each week we'll be speaking with companies in the trenches of the sea-to-sale process. For our first episode, we are very fortunate to have the founder of Metric, Jeff Wells, as our guest, along with Dave Eagleson, the founder of Outlaw Technology. So, Jeff, welcome to our first show. I'm glad to be here, Hans. I appreciate the invite. So we've had a long relationship with Metric, particularly you and Dave Eagleson, our founder. So we know a lot about your history, but a lot of our listeners do not. You're currently in how many states? We're in 23. And you are basically the state's DMV system for cannabis in all of those states, correct? That is correct. That is correct, Hans. And before... Getting that first contract with Colorado in 2011, you were already using RFID back then to track other other things. What were you tracking before you were tracking cannabis? Well, oh, that's a that's a pretty long story that really starts back in, in the early 90s. Our company was formed originally to, to develop technology and software, uh, primarily focused on auto identification. And even back in those days, we called it automatic inventory control. That was before it was actually called RFID. But the original use case that was given to us uh, by a client at that time was they asked if if there was any technology that could identify product that was inside a pallet, sometimes commonly called chimney stacked pallet because they were in the food manufacturing business. And yes, we we did a lot of work in in fresh food and also uh, processed food. This particular client was uh, processing actually breading, shrimp, and and fish, and they had really high high value product in the middle of a pallet. They were running out of cold storage in their facility, so they were having to quickly take product off the line, off the end of the line, and palletize it very fast and get it to cold storage off-site. And they were losing a really valuable product was being stacked, chimney stacked and lost in the middle of a pallet and less expensive product was all around it so they, they couldn't find it visually. So they asked was there, there had to be some technology that could identify product without moving all of those less, value, less valuable product to find a valuable product. And I told them, we had built their ERP system at that time. And I said, yeah, sure. There's got to be a technology for that. So we dove into uh, 90, uh, this would have been around 92, 93, in that area, uh, maybe even a little before that. We dove in, and of course, there wasn't anything. And so that started our journey. We said, wow, the actual customer we ended up partnering with, and that's kind of started the origins of Franwell, which became uh, Metric. Uh, we, for many years, uh, we went through the big, uh, the first Walmart bubble, which we're in now, another one with uh, RFID, and this one I don't think will be a bubble. I think it'll be a lasting uh, implementation of the of the technology. But that started in the early 90s. It started us on a path of really uh, immersing ourselves and not only developing software, but we also immersed ourselves in, in the hardware and the technology for decades. 
and that led us that that gave us the opportunity when Colorado um, decided to use to make RFID uh, a major part of their strategy for implementing their regulatory framework in uh, 2010 is when they contemplated that. And then we won that that contract at 11 because of all that uh, experience that we had with RFID. Oh, that's that's interesting. I didn't realize that. I, I didn't know that Colorado was actually looking at RFID when you went and got that contract. So you were the firm that had the most experience with RFID and you were ready to jump right in there into Colorado. And is that why RFID has become such a major part of the entire seat to sale tracking process throughout the country? The a gentleman that's on the phone with us, we, we, Dave and I met each other in a company that he worked for, an RFID company. And Dave was fortunate enough to hire another gentleman by the name of uh, Scott Denholm. And Scott Denholm and Dave and I worked together for probably 10 years before in, in different companies and had a wonderful relationship before we actually, um, were, were we bid bid on the the RIP in Colorado, and the reason that we we actually engaged there was because of Scott. Scott had uh, a year before uh, left uh, the company he was working for, and he had become a consultant. He was actually consulting in Colorado, and uh, that's how we found out about that that opportunity from that relationship. Uh, we were able to uh, win that contract. And the reason that uh, we found out about that or, or we were focused on that that particular um, opportunity was because, and, and also Scott, we came to mind when they asked him to uh, develop a, a list of companies to potentially contact about bidding on that uh, opportunity. Of course, we came to mind because of our experience in agriculture, in food. Since it was cannabis, it was a perfect fit for us. And all the work that we had done, EPC Global and a lot of other um, areas, gave us the really the background, the experience at the right time, at the right moment to win that contract with Colorado. Now, what you asked the question earlier. What, what was the key parts RFID-wise in Colorado? They, the gentleman who was leading that implementation of the regulatory framework in Colorado at that time had taken an interest. He had gone to an RFID convention just to find out uh, technologies that they needed to include in their strategy. And he was sold on RFID as a technology would help the agency being much more efficient in inspecting. And that's his original uh, intent. He was very worried about uh, being very intrusive to these cultivations, which was um, really his partnering spirit, which actually was ended up being very uh, successful, as we all know, engagement between the regulatory world and uh, the commerce in Colorado. But that was how it started with the strategy for inspecting, but it has grown exponentially. And then what was interesting 
early on, that gentleman, uh, he, he said right from the beginning, we, we want the industry to embrace this technology and use it, and we want them to, to uh, use it to be efficient as well. So he asked us early on, is that going to be possible? Or are we going to just lock them out of this technology? And we said, absolutely not. They'll be able to take advantage of this technology and use it some values to be much more efficient with their, with all their processes. So, so Jeff, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, uh, no, no, you, go ahead. Are you, were you surprised as you went on? I know the States have been using this now for years. The auditors come in with their handhelds and so many in the, in, in the industry still don't realize that these tags they're putting in all their plants and all their packages have RFID chips in them. And a lot of the people in the industry are still not taking advantage of that. Are you surprised that so many people still don't realize that they can just speed up all their inventory counts, their harvests, and basically keep track for themselves because those plants are money. They need to treat it like money in the bank. Are you, I know you came to Dave and, uh, Bree, um, I'm gonna, you know, you're going to be talking with Dave about this. You came to Dave because after doing this for a couple of years, you realized, Hey, the industry, they're just counting these tags by hand still. This particular opportunity that we won in Colorado was our first engagement with government as a company. It was an interesting, uh, early days engagement because there, as we all know, in the around 2011, it was still very dodgy as to what the federal government was going to allow. So we contracted with with Colorado. It was it was very much, and rightfully so, uh, we had to be really focused on the regulator behind the scenes, basically being very quiet and and taking the lead in everything we said publicly or did publicly uh, with the regulators lead. And it was right. We need anything we said publicly, we needed to ask uh, their engagement on, which was, we totally understood. And the, it's, it's changed quite a bit from those uh, early days uh, when it was not sure what the federal government was going to do. The answer your question, I think for me, I began to ponder very early on the concept of what we call them in up to that point in time, source tagging. So I'll just briefly explain uh, why that it was an issue. Everywhere we looked with RFID the 10 years before 2010, everybody thought RFID was fantastic. With what Walmart did in the uh, early 2000s, everybody was globally bought into RFID. What really, for a lot of industries, was a hurdle was what we call source tagging. What does that mean? Well, that means that everybody wanted to use RFID, but everybody who could put the tags on originally and bear the cost of that said, whoa, wait a minute, I'm not going to do that for the rest of the supply chain to get the value of these tags. So over and over and over again, we saw a lot of pushback on the cost of source tagging from pharma to food, um, you name it. And what I found exciting very early on in Colorado is, wow, 
here's an entire industry that the government is saying, okay, you're going to source tag every meaningful piece of inventory that passes through the supply chain. You're going to source tag. And you're also going to source tag the, the origin raw product for this industry and which is plant. So I found it extremely exciting and said, wow, this ought to be a slam dunk for all of these integrators and uh, software vendors that have been beating their head against the wall for many years uh, in RFID uh, in the other industry. Well, I made a few phone calls and, and soon realized that it, it still was, there was still a stigma attached to cannabis and a couple of the companies, the, the very large companies, um, even uh, Dave is very familiar with and has worked with as well, uh, had defense contracts and said, well, wait a minute, we, we can't put those in, in jeopardy by coming over and, and doing anything in cannabis. So that was kind of the rule, but that's, I think all of that is completely gone now. And I believe that the source tagging nature of what's going on in cannabis, that cannabis can actually show a lot of other industries how it's done. Oh, by the way, the other industries are actually taking off over the last couple of years in source tagging. We're seeing that uh, increase drastically. So I, I'm a little disappointed in the fact that cannabis hasn't made more progress. Uh, early on, we couldn't promote that. Now that's why I'm on this podcast and why we're, we're looking at ways, new ways to support companies like Outlaw, because I think it's time for cannabis to really embrace uh, RFID. The world is, is now really embracing it more and more and more, and we've made huge hurdles past those, that source tagging hurdle. I, I would yeah. find it interesting to, to get Dave's perspective on, on all that as well. Yeah, Dave, I mean, talk about the solutions a little bit that are available, because as Jeff, you, Bree, and I all know, despite uh, the cost of RFID tags, the savings that you gain from that with automating the data capture and inventory and everything else is much, much, much greater if people only have the right solutions. Yeah, I think the reality of it is, as Jeff pointed out, was is once something's tagged, now the question is, how do you take advantage of that? So a couple of years ago, three, four at max, we I started Outlaw Technology in discussion with Jeff. Jeff was very clear that metric was going to provide systems specifically for the state auditors, but who was going to help the industry aspect of it. So that's really why Outlaw came to an existence was I have 23 years doing this. Jeff knows that same thing, pulled together teams that we could build the systems needed. So back to solutions. Now that cultivators have uh, tags on each plant, well, the next, next question is how do I take advantage? How do I use it? Um, that's where a handheld system comes into place where Outlaw, for example, created our Desperado tool, was done in a way where we used existing cultivators. We uh, went in and spent the time to understand their workflow, how they do things. And really what it did is it took them from taking hours and hours manually writing them down, doing things in a very old school way and putting it into the new generation, if you want to call it that. So, yeah, we're able to do the audits in minutes versus hours. 
we then took the next step, which as Jeff referred to seed to sale was, okay, how do we take that next step, which is the harvest process? So we created a system called OG Harvest. Its intent was to automate that process, very much like a self-checkout at a grocery. We knew the industry was evolving quickly, but we also knew the industry had a lot of turnover. So I think one of the challenges that we all have in this space is how do we make things very simple, very trainable, very easily um, learned, right? Because uh, who's doing that process today may not be doing it tomorrow. So that was really the the driving force um, behind our efforts to get this thing kickstarted. And now we're basically able to help throughout the entire vertical. So starting in cultivation, where both Metric and, and Outlaw started, moving all the way down to dispensary. And Bree, I mean, you've been in so many dispensaries now, you can talk to that and some of the solutions that are available. Dave mentioned our Desperado handheld and our OG Harvest. You know, we also track packages and and our Maverick system. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So, you know, with the implementation of Metric in these 23, soon to be 24 states, you know, we are seeing people in the industry being more educated on the value of that RFID tag. Um, you know, they see it in their plants, they see it in their packages. And so now as time has gone on and the industry is maturing, we're seeing a lot of folks turn to utilizing that same technology to track their individual items. So, you know, Metric and, you know, Jeff have done a really great job of bringing this modern technology to this brand new industry because, you know, unfortunately, even though people have been growing cannabis for decades and, you know, ages and ages, you know, this is still a very immature industry, a lot of young companies, a lot of, you know, craft folks, um, everyone's trying to stay competitive and take advantage of those efficiencies that RFID provides. So, you know, and I know Dave, you yourself can attest to, um, you know, this is not a new technology. There have been tons of companies that are utilizing this throughout other industries. And I know, Dave, you yourself have had some experience implementing those. Yeah. So basically, you know, this is not bleeding edge. This is technology, and Jeff can attest to this. That's been, as he mentioned, Walmart a few times earlier. The reality of it is Walmart led the charge in the early 2000s, 2001, 2002, really kicking it in 2005. The reason I bring that up is uh, someone of that size, and then you now have people like Lululemon, Target, airline industries, all using this technology it creates two things, the ability to get a lot more product developed, a lot more um, solutions and, and opportunities in terms of choosing different vendors, different products. We all learned through the supply chain challenges over the last COVID years that it's important to have an industry that's well-established, well-transitioned to be able to supply what's needed. And that's a key, key, key thing. And I think when Metric jumped into this and was able to get Colorado um, or in conjunction with Colorado to get them to move forward with RFID, they set a standard so that now all the states that Metric's actively working in are using these tags. And what people are realizing is if they take the time is that this technology does provide a huge return. Look, the Walmarts of the world are very, very price conscious. I think we all know that. So the reality that they're choosing to make item level tracking of all their items uh, a mandatory issue speaks volumes. Um, and to your point, Bree, taking the same vision down to the item level in the dispensary is going to be critical. These industries or these dispensaries and cultivators, their growth has been so fast that you know they're finding themselves really challenged with how do I keep up, right? How do I keep up with the inventories of what came in and what went out? So it's definitely moving very quickly. And I think, you know, the industry's still on a huge uptick. It's got a long way to grow. Dave, how do you see this industry evolving and implementation of RFID over the next, say, five to 10 years? 
I think what will happen is is they'll start taking a lot of your retail-centric uh, solutions. And what I mean by that is uh, I think people believe they're recreating the wheel. I think the challenge in cannabis versus other industries is you have two masters. You have a master relative to having to keep your own data correctly, but you also have the state requirements. So you're always trying to make sure that what you think internally is correct also matches to your state regulatory requirements, that being metric. So I think it is a little bit of a nuance versus, say, a 7-Eleven, a Walmart, that kind of model. But I think really where the industry is going to go, go is is see the fact that they're able to do a heck of a lot more with less personnel. Um, uh, early on, you can see it in even places like Canada where they had massive amounts of people. And then the cost of creating product or harvesting product and managing it was overwhelming. I think the industry is realizing that if they're going to succeed as price points are being driven downward, they better get efficient and, and add automation. And automation's not just like pre-roll machines, but automation is data collection, even things like self-checkout. I could see in the future here where every item would be tagged. I'd come in, stand in front of a bud tender, and they would give me an item. I'd put it in a basket. It would automatically read, and I'd check myself out. That day will come. Um, you're seeing it even with vending machines. So I think the industry is going to take advantage of the fact that things have already been created in, in, I would say, the traditional retail, and it'll carry itself into the cannabis retail. One of the issues we're all aware of is that in the cannabis industry, we've got a ton of fantastic legacy growers who know what they're doing, know about growing, but they never had to use tools like these. They never had to report to the state before. And what we're able to do or what Outlaw is able to do is make it so they don't have to think about that as much because we automate so much of that data collection that then runs these ERPs, which people never had to use in the past, and provides the fuel. The data is the fuel that does that. And especially now, as we've all seen with COVID and with the tightening labor market, you can't get people to do these jobs. So the, the, the labor savings, if you have the proper tools are huge and are, as we've all seen, what enables some of these companies to keep on going or, or running their craft grow like a mom and pop grow still because they're able to do it with these tools instead of having to actually find people, which is getting harder and harder to do in today's market. Would you agree about that, Dave? Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I got a comment. I, I wanted to, it's perfect right now, uh, Hans, I wanted to say that, make sure that, that this audience understands that personally, I have a, a long history with Dave in and around RFID and his knowledge of RFID is second to none. I would put that on a, on a global perspective. So embracing this technology and using it, there's uh, there's not a, a better expert to get involved with than, than uh, Dave Eagleson uh, in, in Outlaw. He's brought all of that knowledge and expertise to all, which we're very, very excited about. So Hans, what you're, what you're saying is, is so true, but I just wanted to say and make sure that the audience understands the, the experience that's behind all of that. It goes very deep and, and, at least for uh, a decade or two. Uh, I can't. I, I can't agree with you more, Jeff. I mean, Dave is the visionary beside behind so many of the solutions that Outlaws developed, 
He goes into a grow. He goes into a production facility, processing facility. He goes into a dispensary and he says, oh, why are you doing it that way? This way would be so much easier. We could do this, this, and this, and this. And I haven't seen anybody else able to just put his finger on what the issue is and what the best solution is like Dave is able to do. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, go ahead, Bree. Yeah, Dave, do you mind telling us a little bit about how we developed, you know, the outlaw tools as they exist today, what your experience was sort of transitioning from your Walmart days into cannabis? Yeah, I think the reality is, is in order to understand an industry, you've got to observe it. You've got to step back and listen to the people that are actually dealing with the day to day. So um, a lot of the things in early on in RFID was all pilot after pilot. And Jeff can attest to this. And a lot of those pilots, we learned things good and bad. So I think the key thing is coming into this space was I am not a cannabis grower. I don't have a processing facility nor a dispensary. So for me, I had to go in and actually, fortunately, we had several clients like G-Leaf and others that were very accommodating and wanting these tools. So they're welcoming of our teams. So we were able to go in and observe folks and say, well, how would you like to do it? And I think that's half the battle is listening very attently to the people that have to do the job. I don't have to do the harvest. I don't have to do the audits. They do. So by doing so, I think we've been able to create really effective solutions. And I think we're constantly evolving them because the reality of it is I don't think you can sit complacent. You have to understand that people are always looking for a little bit better, a little bit better. And if you can do that, they're happy to stick with you. So that's been the mantra, I think, from the beginning. Um, as Jeff said, I've been doing this a long time. I'm excited with this industry because it is, there's a really fresh breath of air in terms of these folks' mindset. I mean, they are committed to this product. I've been in a lot of industries, but when you go and talk to a head grower, their passion is really, you can feel it. So I'm excited about where it's going. I think there's a lot more to be done. As we all know, Outlaw has been focusing in on that seed to sale, plugging in those automation tools into people like the Dutchies of the world, plugging them into the Canexes, obviously metric. Um, so we've tried to take that step up. How do we make the everyday person's job better, but more efficient? So that's kind of really the mantra, I think, at this point. And in our upcoming episodes, we're going to have a lot of these companies on here, like G-Leaf, people who are actually in the trenches working in a grow or processing facility or dispensary every day who are using tools and we'll talk about how it's actually helping them and they'll also be divulging some of their tricks of the trade our goal is to get the information out there to make your jobs easier hopefully have a little fun doing it so with that jeff who is your favorite outlaw whether fictional or historical uh movie even just a Western, what's what's your favorite outlaw or Western character? Or who is your favorite outlaw or Western cowboy, even a hero character? Jesse James. Jesse James. Well, there you have it, folks. Metric loves Jesse James. They're here keeping everybody legal, but <laughs> they love one of the greatest criminals uh, of the Old West. Well, well, I just like the story. Um, it's not necessarily well, someone you should uh, model after. Um, I guess it, I guess it would be one of the uh, one of the famous uh, law enforcement uh, gentlemen. But uh, I just like the story of Jesse James. Big question is: Did Jesse James smoke weed? That's something to look into. <laughs> well, we may never know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, join us next time as we interview 
some of the people from G-Leaf in Maryland, our first customer where we did our beta and where Dave set, spent about six months uh, where he really got to enjoy the smell of a cannabis harvest. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.